sacar las cargas de la mente Que le den cumbia a la gente Hasta en otro continente Que me lo baile como pariente Que le Welcome everybody, welcome to Strictly Football, and here we go, and we are launching off on a new episode, and launching off this new episode, we have a special guest with us tonight, he goes by Talking the Woods, aka Woods, but his government name is Rocky, so <laughs> you want to you wanna say hi to the fans out there that we have, Rocky? What's up, fans? <laughs> man, it's good to have you here, man. It's really good to have you here. Um, it, it's a, here. yeah, it's it's gonna be a very interesting episode. Um, to get your opinion on what we're gonna explain to the fans, what what you what you do out there, how, how you became one of the biggest Timber fans out there, you know, and and because because we we love the MLS, we we do, you know, we sometimes we pretend we don't, but we really do. And and yeah, so we're, we're gonna yeah. <laughs> and then we also oh, okay. right. we also it may, it may not sound like it. It may not sound like it sometimes, but but we really do. And and you know we also have another Timbers fan out here. His name's Lalo, right there on the bottom left of your screen. Ooh, go Timbers! Yeah, that guy, that guy, yeah, that guy that, down there. <laughs> so man, um. So how are you, man? How's your your week starting off so far? Me area, you come on, you woods, okay. yeah, you woods. Oh. My week has been really intense. Uh, it's been long with getting the game postponed from Saturday to Monday, and then having a Blazer game in between on Sunday, um, and seeing Damian Lillard score seventy one points was insane. And my first Blazer game back since I was like a teenager, um, but. But getting this opportunity with the with doing media with the Blazers or with the Timbers, um, uh, special thanks to the Area Sports Network and uh, and Adam Luna for giving me the opportunity to be able to write for them and then express um, MLS and soccer and kind of the way that that comes natural to me and how I express it. Um, and being able to write for them is and. A, just a great opportunity and, and being able to see what we already love to do anyway. So it's kind of natural, natural for us as already football soccer fans to go into media and kind of already know how the game works a little bit and be able to ask technical questions to coaches. Um, and, uh, but it's, it, it's been just a blessing after blessing after blessing this entire week. And, and I honestly like, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I'm not crying right now. It's been so good. Hmm. It sounds like you're really happy with this accomplishment. That's great, man. Do you want to like how long? How long did it take you to get to to this point? You know, uh, funny you ask. I just got to like post uh, on my. You know, your phone gives you notifications like, "Hey, this is a memory from three years ago, four right, years yeah. ago." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got one of those today, um, and yeah, it's been about three years. My hair was about this long uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably post it but um, it all started with meeting Sebastian Blanco um, at the Adidas outlet and nice. I didn't even know it was him at first he was wearing a Nike shirt and I just walked up and I was like hey man that's a really cool shirt oh sh- you're Sebastian Blanco oh, nice. um, <laughs> okay and then we just like we have daughters that are about the same age um, and so we shared pictures and just you know had a chat and took photos and then I was like well heading back to Portland and I live pretty close to the stadium 
and uh, was like, well, I'll just head over there. And I was, you know, since I was only two blocks away during COVID, I would stand out the stadium outside every game, every home game with my banner and my TIFO and telling the guys good luck and buena suerte and, uh, you know, just loving loving for the team and letting them know that we were still there, even though that the stadium was empty. Uh, nice. Yeah, and it was, um, it was up times during COVID. I remember. Yeah. I mean, everywhere, you know, everywhere. So, and I had a bucket of chalk that, you know, my daughter loves uh, sidewalk chalk. So I just would do sidewalk chalk drawings too. Um, did one during the MLS uh, is back cup for the, you know, the COVID cup, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did like a palm tree with the uh, palm tree slices getting cut for each goal. And then, uh, you know, did the players names for each, each goal and tallied their goals. Um, but yeah, I just been having so much fun with it and honestly just being myself and, and, and just, you know, doing what feels right and feels good and posting and not really, not really caring too much about how many likes or followers, but just having a good time with it and sharing, just sharing the MLS and, and Timber's experiences is what's gotten me where I am now. So nice. That is super dope. That's Thanks, awesome. Man. That's awesome. Uh, have, have you always been a like? Were you a Timbers fan since like their inception? Uh, I mean, I wasn't born yet. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm, I was born in '79, not '75. But uh, but since the inception of the MLS, definitely, and and then the NSL league years, definitely a few years. Um, our stadium is very unique and where you see now where the Portland uh, SD USA, the soccer city USA on the stands, mm-hmm. that's kind of trademark for the, the stadium. Um, that used to just be a concrete wall and a sidewalk. So you used to be able just to come up to the stadium and just put your stomach on the fence and look over the, over the wall and see whatever game you wanted. Um, that's wild. And then it's just, it's grown so much since then. And yeah, and uh, I mean, it's kind of difficult to do things like that now, but there's still ways to, you know, have friends with a Mac club or kind of know people around. Like there's, there's ways to be a fan and, and get in the stadium and, and, you know, enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, you, you're an interesting character to me because I, you know, I, I watch you on, on Instagram and I watch you like your social media stuff. And one of the things that we talk about here is that in the U.S. sometimes fandom feels, um, I don't want to say watered down because maybe it's just because I have a skewed view because I'm an Earthquakes fan. And I'm sure that there are diehard Earthquake fans. But like when I look at our stadium and I look at the fandom, it doesn't necessarily feel like there's a, a big attachment to the team. And but you're under the hand. You're like, I don't really care about what's happening in Barcelona. I don't really care what's happening in Real Madrid. I'm just the world is just timbers. And like, how, like how do you like how do you even get into this world? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just feels like it's almost like you know, like that's your world. Yeah. Um. That's that's a really deep question. Uh. I mean, do you have two hours? Three hours? <laughs> the campfire some beer uh, you know it's it's i think it's a lot of it is just my personality um i i was a cheerleader in high school mm-hmm. um something i'm kind of proud of and you know got ridiculed for early on but by the time i was a senior we had eight guys on the cheerleading squad 
because it's it's you know as an adolescent or teenage boy who you know being on a cheerleading squad is actually kind of smart i like girls i mean (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh and it's it's a comforting environment um and yeah i just like i like people to succeed and i like cheering on my friends even and even guys like you, anybody I come across, I just want people around me to succeed and be happy and, and, and take on their challenges. And, you know, and that's another thing too, is I'm a former pro athlete. So a lot of it too, is I take things on a little bit head on that way. And I take my opportunities when I can, cause you don't get them all the time. Yeah, uh, for sure. And especially in, in, in a realm like this with so many players under so much stress and scrutiny like the last thing you want to do is just tick them off or send them a bad dm or something so i want to do the opposite of that i like i said i was a cheerleader i like i like the people around me to succeed so i come to the games and and i cheer on the boys and and even with the thorns with the ladies uh i love them too um just as much um i wish i had the time to do both and this was a full-time job it'd be great but right now it's from the heart so doing the best I can. But, um, honestly, it's just, just being good to other people. You can do so many things just with that. Um, and just, you know, meeting great people like you guys and, and, and other podcasters, um, and all just kind of vibing the same thing and encouraging each other. And, and then, you know, throwing banter and shade is always fun too. Uh, you know, we can't get away from that, you know, like, if your boy screws up, you got to let him know <laughs> for sure. accountability for sure. And that, I mean, that was huge. And, and being former pro athlete, that was, we were, you know, that's a part of your lifestyle. Like, you know, telling each other we're slow or we can't kick or whatever it is, you know, but in, in a funny way, um, but in a tasteful, funny way, I, if, as long as you guys, you know, you've seen my page, like I don't know anything religious or, or political or anything. So, uh, I just keep it neutral and, and keep it happy and fun for everybody. And uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I say, it's kind of a lot, man. Fireplace and some beer. Go for, for sure. <laughs> well, I, I, I've been to your live where you're at a fireplace and you're like giving me details. I'm like, is this guy running the team or <laughs> <laughs> you just know so much about the organization. And like, and I, that's like what just is like really interesting to me because I feel like, I don't know if the MLS is at that point necessarily. Like I think about like some, like I'm I'm an Arsenal fan, like in England and I'm like, and I watch some of their, like, like some of their fan videos. And I'm like, man, y'all really know a lot of stuff about this club. And I just don't know if that's where we're at in the MLS, you know, but then I look at you and I'm like, Oh, this brother actually like you do your homework, you know, which is like refreshing. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, it makes me want to think about like, well, you know, is there an earthquakes guy that I need to follow or, or what? <laughs> but no, it's, it's honestly just following your own fan base. Like I, I learned everything I know from following inside timbers, total timbers, Yarak Nesguda fan page, uh, all these, all these great timbers fan pages that are, you know, super into the team and they're just expressing their views or, or they know how to like show the stats. Cause that's what they're really into. Like I just, I'm honestly just a product of all the other fan pages put together, really. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That's 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 great, dude. And and um, I, 
so you you kept mentioning um you said you were a former pro athlete was that yeah. um, the cheerleading or did you play like football NFL I wish I wish I did no I was I was a pro cyclist at 19 pro cyclist at 19 so wow I, yeah so I, I got to travel around the country quite a bit um got to ride over a little bit in Europe but um, Nothing too crazy, nothing too. I didn't get to do the Tour de France or anything, but uh, definitely, to, you know, had my opportunities and and uh, you know uh, enjoyed it as much as I could and and loved the travel and meeting you know lots of people. Um, and uh, you know, I just I wasn't a superstar, you know. Right. <laughs> it's, hard to be, it's hard to be a superstar in anything. So no, I was. I mean, I was pro. It's you know, it's a cool little accomplishment. Um, I still have more goals in cycling for sure. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely a part of my life that, that I enjoyed and was blessed with and had the opportunity because my body was capable and had to be, you know, trained to do those things. Like it wasn't easy riding 35 hours a week. So, yeah. 35 Shit, hours. I mean, I'm, I'm gassed after a Peloton. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't yeah, imagine. I, Bless your lot. soul. That's a lot. It is. And then the rest too. Yeah, I mean, you got to, uh, you know, it's all fluid movement for my, for those muscles. So running wasn't a very good thing for me because it's impact and muscles didn't like that. So it was hard to just like run or walk, but I could ride my bike a hundred miles a day. No problem. Wow. That that's sounds awesome. crazy. I, it's insane, but it's really cool. Like, <laughs> that's what, that's not, yeah. yeah, it is. Then, then it makes me wonder, like, how how these other guys, like, you know, like how intensely more they do they so like to do a tour of the France just to because that's like the only thing I probably know. It, it just like how many do they have to like do a week miles? It's about it's about that. It's about a hundred, you know, hundred a day. Sometimes you know, hundred and thirty, hundred forty. Uh, dependent, they're training for a specific race usually. So if they're doing the Tour de France and they have to ride three weeks for almost 100 miles a day, that's exactly what they're doing all the way up into that day. Um, a lot of these guys just don't stop riding. Um, like Michael Phelps and swimming. Michael Phelps never stopped swimming. Yeah, that guy was on it every day. Yeah. So it was just like one day was a training day, one was a racing day, and he had it figured out and. Cycling is one of those sports where you can ride every single day and the next day is a race day and the next day is a, an easy day is, is two to three hours. So if your coach is like, Hey, you need to take it easy today. Okay. But I'm only going to ride 40 miles or 50 miles. Wow. So you but still, easy. yeah, you still go. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Yeah. That's, dude. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, uh, all right, so should we jump into our first to our first uh, topic? Definitely, let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so uh, one of the big news that happened uh, this week, actually, uh, before the MLS actually started uh, the season, uh, there was there was reports that Peter Vermees, the coach from the Sporting Kansas City uh, team, snubbed the U.S. Men National Team interview. So the reports were saying that he didn't even take the interview, and that he was more interested in the Sporting Kansas City job. So. Question I have is, is is the U.S. men national team position, is it a like a desirable position if it, if it can't take away the longest like reigning coach? I guess I, I don't know if reigning is not a king. Well, like, you know, he's like the longest like standing coach in the MLS. Hmm. So 
Four years yeah. is a long commitment to the next cup. Mm. You know, if you're getting a job now, you're not really like you can try to gain success as the U.S. men's national chief and, and get some of these little gold cups and national cups and conca caps, but you're not getting a world cup for four years. So what is, is that a long enough span of time for you to be interested in the world cup mm. as a coach? Or do you want to come in and coach the men's national team in two years or what the a year to go where you can actually kind of, you know, get some success and, and, and aim for that world cup or, but I don't know, like two years would be good. If I wanted the U S men's national team, I wanted these two years, three years would be good, but to get that development from the, from the guys and move those players forward. Cause we got great talent on the national team. So I've always thought that even during Bur- Burhalter. So I, you know, but what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say because I, I think it's, it's not just about just taking on the role as, as the coach and just saying, I can do it. I think you really have to know what you're getting yourself into. All the coaches don't really know, dude. And it's really hard to accept it. I mean, most of these guys probably just take it because they're like, well, I played in the world cup or I've played close to it. I think I know what it takes. And then, you know, from the time that they did it to now, it's, it's, it's a big difference and they don't know what they really get into. And I feel like sometimes, you know, four years might not even be enough to be honest, to get settled in, you know, and this guy in Kansas city, it looks like he's doing a really good job. So, you know, he's like, why am I going to let go of all this work that I put into this club? Not the last three years. Yeah. yeah, I'm about to say not the last few years, and it's like no, 15 years. Yeah, like, hey, what it, might time to, it might be time to move on. <laughs> here's, I mean, here's my take on, and always, always, uh, why it's so hard for uh, coaches to just for MLS teams to fire coaches? I just don't understand. But going back to the coach, it's giving me a lot of federación. Mexicana vibes, you know, <laughs> this anti, you know, oh, this guy did not take the national team. What a, what a disgrace to, to, to all the Americans, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, cause that's what you hear in, you know, Liga Mekis. Can you imagine people saying, oh no, dude, I'm going to take Tigres or Tijuana and, you know, I'm not going to take Liga, you know, La Selección Mexicana. So it's crazy. I mean, but, but does that like tell, like, I mean, just to, just to just push a little bit on it is just like you have a coach that's the longest standing coach in the league and he doesn't even come to sit down for the interview. Like he doesn't even want to take your call. Like what's going on there? You know what I'm saying? Like it's not a Piojo actually. It's actually like, who's like the longest coach in the league at Mankeys? Like who's, who's that? They get rid of him. Like it's like pancakes oh. over there. They sneeze on uh, coaches <laughs> over there. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, you had a couple that were a long time. I mean, Duca Freti was. Oh yeah, he was there for, forever, for a minute. And then uh, Tuco Mohamed was in America for a, a couple of seasons. And then, you know, I could name different different coaches, but it gives me a vibe of like, I mean, seeing the articles, it kind of made it seem like, like Despreciano, like kind of making like like anti like national, like oh, you know, you should. This is a privilege to be, you know, the coach of the U.S. Uh, soccer team, right? And you just just dismiss it like it was nothing. Mm. That's why it felt like a little. The media kind of portrayed it as 
oh, you know, it's anti-American. Oh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it <laughs> yeah. just gave me the, it just gave me the, you know, Federación Mexicana kind of vibes when I, when I read the article. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, here we go. Dude, there's another thing. Remember, this team, the last coach they had, it, it ended up in a political, like, like you know, that, that little scandal thing that happened. So it, it, that could be a reason why he just doesn't want to, like, get in the middle of that, you know? He doesn't want to touch that. Maybe yeah, that stink it, isn't, yeah, that poop hasn't flushed yet. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to be in that toilet. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> that thing is stuck in there, you man. Know, Somebody yeah, just yeah. let one in there. It, it, Bro, so, flush this before I coach this. Right? <laughs> Yo, but, I mean, but come on, the question is, like, can we say that, I mean, he choose Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City hasn't done much in the past few seasons to be like, you know, I want to stay here and continue a project that has not shown any, you know, progressive, you know. I, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, seeing Kansas City, I mean, I saw some glimpse here and there of some good football that, I mean, against the Timbers, but is it enough to be like, you know what, let's continue with this project because it's, it's really like, you know, making sense. That's his baby, you know I mean? though. In the defense of that, though, oh, it is his baby. They gave him, yeah. they kind of gave him a, a blank sheet of paper. And he's like, "Yeah, go ahead. That's his baby." So, you know, I understand it, but yeah. anyways, oh, we'll go to the next one. The next one's also an interesting one to me. Uh, this is kind of so. Now we're talking about a coach that's coming into the league, and it's from Phil Neville. I don't know if y'all caught his comments on the playoffs, and I don't know if there's been clarity on it, but he he was really critical uh, of the MLS in the playoff structure that they hadn't necessarily clarified uh, up until this point. Um, did, y'all, did y'all catch the, the comments that he made? I didn't. I didn't catch the comments, but I, I do have opinions. <laughs> so so he, he, he said that this is just not elite behavior by a league. Um, he said, uh, you know, they're seven days out. This has happened, you know, about a week ago before the season even started. And they were saying, and he pretty much said, is like they haven't even figured out the playoff system. And, of course, the playoff system has been under kind of scrutiny because there's been rumors that they want to introduce a best out of three series, right, in the MLS. So, and I, and I think that it's kind of like, it's kind of getting muddled with this, like, like he kind of said it, but he didn't say it. And is like, who's really making the decision here? Is it the MLS or is it Apple? Mm. And mm. so that's kind of what he was getting at. But I'll, I'll leave that to y'all. What, what do y'all think about his comments and in the playoffs? And you know, there's somebody that's not even you know they're not even fucking from here. <laughs> I mean, look, we're so we're so used to this format, right? Like we're so used to looking at European football and you know even you know Mexican league MX and you know, uh, Argentinos and stuff like that. And it's like a format, right? Then you come to the, to the United States and they have a particular format in their sports, right? It's always all about kind of making, making like a show. Like I, like a, a good, a, a good example is the, the all-star, right? The all-star, the all-star games, the shooting, you know, kind of activities, you know, the challenges and stuff like that. Liga makers versus, uh, MLS all-star games. So it kind of it kind of makes me think, like, are they trying to like this like create their own like little like kind of show, and maybe prove that you know this is the way to do things, and how we've been doing football is wrong in the past twenty years. 
And are we talking about the two out of three, or what are we? What are you? What are you? What are you saying? Oh, just the whole thing. I mean, you're just saying like the drama that's being made yeah. out of it. Well, uh, dude, uh, I don't. I mean, they they just brought it up, right? It's not saying that it's confirmed. I, I'd be. It's a, it's a rumor. It's, it's a one rumor. Of the rumors. Yeah, I I think it just. I think it mainly has to do with like like money, dude. It, when it comes to adding more games, to me, it's always about more money. You know, that to me. But I, I'm very curious to know what the structure would be if they do the two out of three. Not saying that I'm okay with it, but I just I'd be curious to see like, okay, you play one away game, one home game. Where would you play the third? Like based off of what? Maybe you go to Mexico, like Azteca, or, or yeah, the, yeah, like the what? what uh, oh, you just go like halfway across the country <laughs> and and play that third game in a stadium that not, has nothing to do with you. But. I, I think it's it's isn't it it's not aggregate or is it or is it seeded by how you finished in the regular season? Mm-hmm. So whoever has the higher seed would get the two games at home, and the away team would get. But uh, honestly, I'm I'm a firm I'm a firm believer in the system. Uh, like that was 2014 to 2017 or 18 or not even 18, um, but just the two game aggregate yeah. give. Give your playoff team at least one game at home, which is fine. The three thing is weird, yeah. um, and it's a grab. And if, if some teams at that time, let's say for some reason Charlotte gets in the playoffs, Seattle gets in the playoffs, Falcons get in the – or sorry, uh, Falcons get in, the, in their playoffs, like that's going to be football – those are football stadiums. During playoffs, they're not going to want to – we've already seen it once before with Seattle in a car show. Not even a playoff game. Like a car, a car, a car you show. love going in on them, man. I do. I'm sorry. It's just um, but it, but it is. It's it's. There was nothing wrong, I think, with the aggregate system. Um, and and I I don't like penalty kicks, at least for the final, final, final. Just like Jake Seven. Um, but I think there's always some kind of niche that every professional sports franchise is trying to find like formula one is doing weird stuff uh there's you know and sometimes if it's it's not broken don't it doesn't need to be fixed you know that whole cliche analogy but um i i i'm honestly like more soccer i, I love it great like maybe the mls should give every team another player or two if they're gonna play that many games hmm. uh, but i, I but it, there is a, a slight bit of unprofessionalism of not announcing that before the season starts or maybe right as, because even as a cyclist, you want to know what your entire year is going to look like before you even start training. Cause you base your training completely around all that. So, you know, professional soccer players, you know, like to take a month off or like to take two months off. Cause it's good for your body to recover. Like you're putting it through a lot of intense physio. So, yeah, like I say, it's, I think Neville's got a bit of a point. MLS maybe by trying to do a little bit of a grab, but at the same time, they're we love soccer and they're you know we're gonna watch it. Um, and just like with some experimental things in other sports, like we'll watch it and it'll be successful because we watch it. But yeah. will it be successful because of the format? That, that's a hard read. Yeah, that is, that is. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and that's his, you know, and that is where the, I feel like the critique is coming from. It's just like, it is a little bit of unprofessionalism. Uh, 
because of the fact that they don't know how to prepare, you yeah. know, and I think that that I think that that is a, a valid point. And but on the other end, too, is just like I think that the league is also it's still relatively young and it's growing at a really fast pace. And they're trying to figure out, like, how do they like. How, how do they make it more appealing? How do they make it like, you know, something that makes sense to this audience? And, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to change, you know, everything in the world. But like it, it is an interesting thought and an interesting critique. And it is not the first time that he's that he's critiqued the, the MLS. I just I, um, think, I think it coming, you know, from like a European style and coming into this this organized chaos is, is like it's like a whole new thing for him, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's probably hard, you know, to come and, 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 you know, accept the whole different, and you really have to, like, I mean, this is what you're getting paid for, dude. You're going to have to accept it the way it is or not, you know, whether yeah, you like it or sure. not, you know, they, they brought you here to coach, not to criticize the league, just coach the team <laughs> and make them, make them work, man. Silence. Seriously. Seriously. Take it easy. Dude, I mean. Silence them. Know your role. Know your role. Apple just got ten. Like, well, it's like a ten-year agreement. Yeah. So I'm curious to know if Apple is like, all right, all right, guys, let's. Uh, this is how I want things to go from year one, two, three, and from four and five. This is how it's gonna go. I'm telling you, man. League I make his vibes, dude. Televisa sure is. is AKA uh, Apple TV right here, baby. Okay. What's the What's the big one in Mexico? It's uh, Televisa. No? Televisa. Televisa. Yeah. Televisa is uh, calling the shots. Who's, who gets the job for the uh, Mexican coach? Now it's gonna be Apple TV making the calling the shots, bro. Watch. Mm. Well, hopefully they don't go down that path. Um, all right. So the next one, uh, another report that came out was that the U.S. women's coach earned a quarter of what the men's national coach made. You said you're a Thorns fan. Doesn't mean you have to, doesn't mean it's like a big, you know, that doesn't mean so that it translates, but you know, it is, it is kind of astonishing to kind of see the disparity. Yeah. Or like just the difference. And the arguments are always really interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's a hard subject. Um, there's a lot of sensitivity around it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at the same time, like these are professional people, professional athletes, you know, a lot of them have agents and, and they're negotiating their deals and they're agreeing to them. So, uh, I don't know if, if the, if it's just cause of the job or just cause, or maybe it's job experience. I don't know if the men's national team, I mean, coach has, more experience than the women's national team coach or success, or I don't know what it's based off. I haven't seen their applications. I don't know. I'm not hiring them, yeah. but I do know what, at, at, you know, this isn't like these people aren't flipping burgers. They're, they're pro athletes, you know, they're, they're negotiating their own contracts with, with, with agents. So I don't know who I'm supposed to be mad at. Like, the player for not telling their agent they want to make more money or the coach for not telling the agent they want to make more money or the coach even negotiating to want more money. Cause they can do that. Um, they have the ability to say yes or no, or put a number down on a piece of paper. So I don't know who to be upset at. Hmm. Um, uh, so if, if you want more money, write it down and talk about, talk for it. I mean, women have um, amazing power. Or I, 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 
I don't degrade. I don't down talk. They're there's amazing people on either sex and some determined individuals. And as, as long as they're setting their goals and, and, you know, achieving what they want to achieve, like and life is just hard, man. Like I can't, you know, we come from, we're Hispanics in America. Like, uh, you know, everyone's got some kind of hurdle to get over or to get past or some kind of, something and i just you know i i people should get paid equally for sure but like i say at this level at, at professional sports it's down to your agent and negotiating how much you're worth hmm. so that's not a public thing yeah so for sure thank you so what was it yeah. what, i mean so <laughs> it's not easy to and I'm just gonna re- repeat this like you know know, know your role Sam and just be quiet don't say too much <laughs> so <laughs> I mean I don't think that I don't think you need to do that it's, though. I mean I think, it's I, a, think that's the, I think that's the whole point of of of, of a discussion you know because I mean it's and we're talking about just a coach or, or like like all women like well, the players. numbers that came out were that Burhalter made, I think, 1.3. And then the coach, I think, for the women's coach, uh, uh, made, I think, 350, 350 something like that. 50K. Wow, $350,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, mean, so I wish I could not, get paid I'll, that, I'll man. I'll take that. <laughs> 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 put me at a quarter, yeah, please. <laughs> I would love to be the women's national coach and get paid though. Yeah, um, but mean, no, like, but then you know, it's it's different though. You know, it's context. Yeah, yeah. Context. You know, it's it's different. You know, they win World Cups. They're champions. I think that's yeah, the, that's yeah. that. I think is the that's I, to me that's the hard just, part. How do you equate that? What I were mean, you gonna say, Sam? I just think it, it. It you know, they they say it involves like the revenue. You know, like of what yeah. what what the what it brings. I and I just feel like they don't. Do you do, do the women's play? The same amount of games as the men throughout the years. You'd have to pick the, so. the leagues, but I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. They started. They started televising. <laughs> the uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, see, I'm checking uh, myself I before I say it because here, I don't want to have like <laughs> a, a like a like a like a group of women just come charging with like. Sticks and fire sticks <laughs> at my house, you know. Like, hey, man, you better uh-huh. shut your mouth. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's hard to say, dude. I just like, you know, the video that I saw, it, the guys explaining over the amount of revenue they bring in, and the numbers were really different, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, don't, I don't know, man. I wish I, I think, honestly, if I could say something that what I would like to see is, I want to see more women fans running fan pages. I want to see mm-hmm. more women starting podcasts. Mm-hmm. I want to see more women being coaches, more women signing up to be referees. That's what's going to make them grow. Cause if they want to get that revenue, they, they need them to be pro and I'll, I'll promote them too. I'll promote my thorns all day, yeah. but they need more. They need more of that. And there's the only ones, there's no one holding them back. It's a free market. We, there's, have to have the, the the desire to want to do that, and yeah. it's 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 honestly the people that are passionate. It's easy, you know. 
it's you take the struggles as a punch and you get up and you take the next one and you keep going. But yeah, that's honestly what I would love to see is more women doing podcasts and more fan pages run by women and, and to get that, get them growing, get them, you know, cause it is growing. So, but it is, and, they, and they've been good for many years. Yeah. Yeah. Like the women's national team, the U S you know, oh, absolutely. you know, they're, they're, they're really good. So there's that, there's that component of it. You got any thoughts, Lalito? Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, it's, it's tough because, sadly, you know, the way football is marketed, the men's football is marketed throughout the world, it's uncomparable how, you know, they market the, the women's football, right? I mean, I barely, like, this past, like, last year, I started seeing, like, televised games from Liga MX Femenil barely after so many years. And they still don't get the viewership that, you know, as men's, uh, you know, soccer matches. It's crazy, yeah. though. So the best just uh, was, what, like two days ago? The best uh, awards from FIFA? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know, because you know, this was a very interesting topic for me. So I went to see how much did the female, the best player, uh, the one, uh, the best, how much her market value versus Lionel Messi. So her mark, uh, so esta... Uh, Alex uh, Alex Putellas, which is a Spanish uh, uh, midfield, mm-hmm. dice que ella ganó her market value is six hundred. Okay, uh, six hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. So, just... uh, hold on, Messi. Yeah, I was looking at Messi, right? <laughs> Fifty million, bro. Fifty million. So in the gap, dog. The gap. Yeah, I think the gap. Yeah. The... I just, I just look. You can't completely blame the men's league too, because a lot of like, like the sponsors have a lot to do with it, dude. Like bringing the value into a person. I mean, like you know, like Adidas. You know the way they they promote a men's soccer player is like, dude, they make you like look like a god. You know, like they put Messi in everything. You know, I think that if they they want to grow the market for women, I think it also comes from sponsors too. Like they got to put a bigger effort. To make their value higher, you know, put them out there more, you know, because if not, they're going to stay at the same, you know. Yeah. So and then mm-hmm. look at the comment. I mean, women's league played 22 games and MLS men's played 34 games. That's just locally. We're not talking about the international ones either, like CONCACAF. That's not included. So, you know, it's not it's not it's not too big of a difference. This is an interesting topic to me uh, because I, I think research does need to go into it. Like, I think when we look at the women's history in football, I think context really matters. I mean, I think women were not allowed to play football for a very long time. The yeah. World Cup, the Women's World Cup was established in 1991. Yeah, that's only like 30 something years. So how can you expect somebody to create revenue when you've already had a big lead in front of them? So I think that the context really matters. Yeah. And like, and just another point too, like in England, which is the longest women's league, they started a year after the men and then they were banned. It took them 50 years to unban them. So you're asking people to create revenue when you've already, it's like you're asking, it's like you're, you just made a new iPhone you're like, yeah, I'm going to go compete against Apple. (laughs) Good luck, buddy. You know what I'm saying? When (laughs) Apple's already had all of this stuff. So, you know, context really matters when it comes to this, but um, you know, so we'll, we'll go to the next one though. Uh, the next one, and maybe you could give us, 
inside. And I don't know if this happens in the cycling world, but uh, <laughs> some Argentinian players from Gimnasia just revealed, some of the youth players revealed that the older players, and I don't know why these topics are so deep today, but they are, uh, <laughs> that they revealed that that the older players have been hazing them. Or like a, a sense of what they what they call them about about tismo, you know, in the training ground. Um, yeah, and you know, is this common behavior in football? I'm not sure, but you know, what, what were your thoughts on it? This is kind of news from Latin America, but you know, I, I don't think that it's so crazy to think that in professional sports that there is some sort of behavior like this. I think there's always some kind of hazing or. You know, it, it can go too far for sure. <laughs> uh, it sounds like that's what happened probably in that situation. Um, like we said earlier, there's always healthy banter between teammates. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm definitely guilty of, of healthy banter, um, but I don't obviously mean anything by it. It's, it's a lot of it's, it's, you know, it's just a joke, you know, it's motivational, but if it goes too far, I mean, it's not everybody can handle certain things, but at the same times people go too far and that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, like people and people should get consequences for when they go too far. Um, and then uh, a lot of times now I think people don't really respect the ability to people to grow and learn and be professional athletes without any kind of hazing but then that also doesn't set you up for being a professional athlete. Cause that's what you're going to be dealt with your entire professional life. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely a sweet spot, but there's definitely, there's definitely error and margin for margin for error. And, and, you know, I say there's a permittable amount of, of banter, but when it gets too far, then yeah, it's, it's, it's not motivational. It's just bad for the sport. Bad look. Hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think uh, it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate, man. You know, I mean, can you imagine that happening to, and this is, these, are, these are things that are happening, like, in countries where football is, like, everything, you know what I mean? Like, football is, like, you know, like, the passion, you know? Like, Argentina, like, can you imagine Argentina, like, like the amount of football that goes into the youth, you know? Yeah. The fans, the, you know, it's crazy. And can you imagine like this news now getting out and then <clears throat> having so much youth out there that's trying to grow and now they're probably like, I'm not going to go play for that team, you know? It, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's going to hurt their image should, a lot. You know, we should, we should strip Argentina from the World Cup um, uh, championship. Yeah, and then guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. We should strip Argentina from the championship and then give it to like Francia or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, dude, um, I, yeah, it is unfortunate. It's just like... I mean, honestly, I'm glad that he they spoke up about it because, you know, that way it can probably stop now. And, you know, they maybe could, they should punish those guys, man. I mean, whether they think it's funny or not, it's it's not something that, that you, you know, you make a tradition, you know. It's not like a simple joke, and you know. This is a little way too far, dude. Because we all know, like, at least with the Timbers, they do a, a birthday or, like, a celebration where they do a tunnel and the player or coach runs through and they just kind of slap them on the back as they go through and it's it's all fun and games yeah you know but, you know it's, until it's not 
until it's gone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, take it take I, it too far, man. I saw I saw I also saw another video that there was a like a, a a player in Brazil that was playing for a team, and then they were doing this kind of similar thing. They were just like clowning around and messing around with them to the point where they made the kid cry. You know, the kid was only like twenty one years old. And, yeah. and they made him like not want to play there anymore, and he had to like leave the team. I, I can't remember yeah. what what teams were it, but it's crazy, dude. I mean, it's also the critique too that like this generation's like soft and like blah blah blah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, so there is this like other, there is this other like you know thought there too. So yeah, I'm not it, even sure if it's a generation as much as just some people are sheltered. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't so matter yeah, how old that's what I heard too, right? That like young people yeah. are sheltered nowadays. So if, if it's, but it's not necessarily the age group. Like there's people that are sheltered that were way older than us. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like how they were brought up. Like they had parents that didn't know that, you know, hovering over your kid and saying the world is a beautiful place that is just meant for them. And then they go out into the world and everyone's a jerk. Yeah. Here's one it's question that I do have though. Yeah. So here's, here's a question that I do have. Um, how how much? I mean, you know, we talk about the players and how you know they should get punished. But what about the, the organization as the club, like you know, Gymnasia? And there has been other cases of other clubs that are you know were caught, you know, or maybe turn you know turn you know just turn aside to be like, oh, it's not it's not happening here, you know. And then when when it came up to light, you know, we're like, oh wait, you knew this this was happening. And and you just continue allowing this behavior. So mm-hmm. how how much can we hold accountable like teams and even federations? Yeah. yeah. Well, well even more accountability if we catch it on video. Because I mean they do that all the time. Like you catch someone on video doing something pretty bad, you gotta you gotta confront it immediately yeah. and deal with yeah. it. Like like uh, I mean I have to be honest with you, Woods. Uh, I was disappointed with the Timbers because uh, you know I was. I love football, you know, and when all these things just came up about, you know, uh, when one of the players assaulted, like, the girlfriend, you know, and the Timbers kind of, they kind of knew about the situation, but they chose not to, and then when they found out what was going on, they just got rid of the, you know, got rid of the player, went back to Peru, you know, and then just the whole thing hit the fan. And I was disappointed. I was like, wait a minute, dude. Like, this is going on under the Timbers, like, uh, you know, people knew about it. And they just chose to look the other way. So it just it, it makes you it makes you do wonder like how much can we call accountable these these federations these organizations that they know things are going on because I'm sure this was going on. I mean this is not new. I'm I'm sure that the gymnasia players or the gymnasia federation that they even the the owners the president knew about the whole situation. But they're like you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn the other way. You know and now that everything is in today's society where you know, there's videos, there's, you know, pictures, you know, more technology that we could all sh- share, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, thank you. So somebody in the somebody in the chat says not okay and people across all levels need to be held accountable in, in, in these type of situations. So uh thank you. Uh okay, so for our last last topic in regards to the to this all right and, and this doesn't have to be that long it doesn't have to be but so argentina just swept the fifa awards messi won best blah blah blah, blah. coach won scaloni and goalie was divu 
so the question is, is it romanticism or is it deserved? Is it, is it, is it just romanticism from the World Cup or do these Argentina, did the Argentina players really just like deserve <laughs> these awards? You guys smell yes. that? You guys smell that? It's not like it was so. It's all based on who wins the big trophy, guys. It's all based on who wins the big trophy of that year. It always goes to the person that wins the big trophy, dude. So, I would like to see if Argentina wouldn't have won it, who would have gotten it? Because they literally gave it to all the guys that, that from that cup. And that I feel that's that's what they're basing off of these all all these big major awards at the end of the year, you know. So, so you don't think like Ancelotti Ancelotti was supposed to be up there, bro. Who? Ancelotti. Ancelotti. Why? What, what? what do you mean? Why? They just won the they just won the Champions League. What are you talking about? What why? What is that? What is that? Dude, what? I mean, but. The Champions League or the World Cup? The Champions League is every year. World Cup's every four years, dude. Hmm. I see one or four of them in the when, when, when you have referees helping you out, I mean, how could you not win? Oh, you know what I mean? Okay. All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> okay. Here we All go. right. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Dude, I mean, look. All right. <laughs> I mean, Messi, I think Messi for me, I mean, one of the best players in a generation. Um. Coach, though, I mean, Escaloni. Co- the coach and the goalie one are the ones that I'm like a little yeah. skeptical. What, 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 you, what, do you, what do you think, Woods? Uh, for for the what golden? What is it? Golden Glove? I don't even know what the. They just they just it's like just know that they just won the fucking best players, <laughs> best player of the year. Messi won, I think, player of the year. Uh, Divo, the the goalie of Argentina, won goalie of the year, and then the coach won coach of the year. Uh, Honestly, the only one that the only person that really because I watched a little bit of international football this year, but the only person that really impressed me was Mbappe. Wow, I mean that kid's electric. I mean, I, I, mean, yeah. I, I, think, right I think he could have been the player of the year. I mean, but see, like they didn't I give mean, it to him because he didn't win anything that year, you know. So yeah, he, but like, how can you how do you turn a guy down who just scored four goals in the final World Cup? Yeah, that, yeah, that is true. That is true. See, so like that, and you're talking about the biggest World Cup is every four years. Yeah, no, bro no, no. threw down. He I, threw down. He didn't win, but he threw down like he won. Yeah, so he single handedly was keeping that team in the game. Oh, for yeah. sure, bro. Yeah, for right. sure, dude. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm I'm not defending um, Argentina too much on it because I'm telling you, it's it's because they won the World Cup. No, it's not deserved. Okay. They didn't give yeah. it to them because they deserved it, dude. And you it, forgot that they also they gave the the Argentinian fans the best. <laughs> The, the 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 best 2022 uh, award for the, being the best fan? Are you kidding me, dude? Are you look, kidding me? I mean, look, oh my goodness. Okay, who? who? The Timbers, or the Cruz Azul fans? Those are the real fans, bro. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I was I was not surprised with Messi winning. I was shocked with. I mean, I wasn't shocked because I mean, you know, so so it smells smells right. like a child perder, bro. Everybody yeah. knew Argentina's gonna just win it all. Look. And Messi's at a point where it's just becoming like it, it's becoming like uh, like a parody or almost like a, it's just becoming ridiculous. It's like it's I think it's like his seventy seventh award, like as an individual. <laughs> like, what is that, dude? Like, how does one person win seventy seven awards? Like, you're you're crazy. Um, but yeah, that's so that, that's the end of that. Uh, we're gonna go into our 
you know, we're about to start wrapping up a little bit, but before we get out of here, we're going to start with a debate or we're going to do a debate. Yeah. So the debate for today is after Peter Vermees denied the interview with the U S men national team, the question that is being posed today is do the U S men national team need another MLS coach? We just had a burr for this next cycle. Does the coach come from the MLS? Should it come from the MLS? This is my plea for Thierry Henry. Oh, 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 great. You're a fan oh. Of that guy. Okay. oh, man, we just talked about Thierry that last week. That's my first jersey, Thierry Henry. Yeah. Please come to the U.S. Wow, really? why, why? Can I ask you why? Because last week we we were we actually put that up on our headlines and we're like, man, there's no way this guy's gonna. There's no way this is a good call. But why? Why do you think that is? I think his his. His knowledge of the game and his technical ability to share it in multiple languages sets him apart from so many coaches. Like, I know he'd be just teaching him, you know, talking to Americans, but he knows everything he knows in English as much as he knows in French or Spanish or Portuguese. Like, the guy is just a super genius. And and I think we could do really well with him, especially because he knows the European game so much. Hmm. That's kind of the debate we had yet, like in the last episode, because I, mm-hmm. I was kind of against it. Oh, actually, not kind <laughs> of. I'm just I was against it. I, I'm just not. Yeah, you were just go out and say you were. Yeah, against, I was against it. Yeah. I just don't feel oh, no, like buddy. I just don't feel like strikers are meant to be coaches in the future. Because <laughs> I just you know it, that is the criteria to me, and and there's. There's evidence to back it up, you know, because they they, they they fail. The majority fail. I'm not going to say all of them. Wait, because they're is, probably... wait is, was Giovanni Savarese a striker or mid? I believe he was mid. It was a oh, mid okay. One, yeah. I'll let you slide this one. See, so it's like we, we, we brought <laughs> no, up. No, you're wrong. I'm, I'm incorrect. He's a forward. <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah. yeah, he's a forward. So, so. I mean, like, like, see, we we said we brought up Sidan. Sidan was a good is a good coach because I don't think he's he's retired yet from coaching. Um, he was a midfielder. I mean, I just don't see like a striker mind being a good set for a team. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just to me, it's it's. I just can't. You know. So but, so should the next so should the next coach come from them? Oh, okay, so uh, to me, it's a yes and a no. It's a yes no. and a no. It, it, it's and, and I'll no, tell you right? and I'll explain why because because uh-huh. it, it, if yes if there's a coach that's worthy enough in the MLS you know it's not about just if he's in the MLS or not but if there's one that that that's worthy enough to, in the MLS yeah let's 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 give him a chance but if not, no no dude why, 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 it shouldn't have to be from the MLS to go and coach the U.S. men's national team you know. Yeah, it doesn't always have to. We be should, I, yeah. I mean, at minimum, I think we should get a coach that does understand the European game a, yeah. a, a bit more than than Greg. Hmm. Hmm. I, I yeah. Go ahead. What, what do you think? I got yeah, my. I, I, I got two names from the MLS that I think would be good. Hmm. Yeah, I I disagree completely with uh, being bringing uh, Thierry. I mean, what qualifies him? Like, what arguments can we say? Oh, he's he's the is this, uh, you know, he's the one, you know? He hasn't been a good coach. He definitely was not good in Montreal. You know, so, I mean, what what can we say? Oh, he's Montreal the answer. Montreal just isn't good. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that part of it, too. You know, it's, uh, 
They what are, what arguments can we have? Say, hey, he's going to do well. This is the man that we need for the job. I mean, right now we have, I think this is the best U.S. soccer team right now that we had over years. You know, I, I would say the golden, you know, the golden era of us, U.S. soccer. And, and by bringing a TNR would be a waste. No, see, that that's not completely a waste. I mean, you can't just blow him out, you know. You... <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta understand that that don't don't disrespect the guy either. I mean, the guy knows what no, he, no, no, he, he knows. Man. He knows football, but I, I'm just not saying as a head coach. I mean, maybe as an aide. I think an aide would be a great idea to bring him. As the second, as the second dude, I'm, I'm telling on, you, I'm telling you, it's it's like look at look at my guy Davids. He's not there as the head coach. He's right behind the main guy, man. Well, uh, well, let's circle back to them last because now so, we're, we're fixated on 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 Thierry. Uh, yeah, we're going down the he, rabbit I guess, hole. But I, guess, I guess he would be considered an MLS coach. I I would put a problem in there because he has knowledge of the MLS. But the, so the question is: is should the coach come from the MLS? And and I would say that it does because on a marketing level, I think it makes the MLS look good. If you have a coach, that's not to say that it's the sole purpose that you should have a coach. But I also think that there are some pretty good coaches in this league that would probably have a lot of value in going to the international level. Like there, there are kind of three coaches in my mind that I'd be like, okay, I wouldn't mind. And of course, they don't necessarily have the experience of like, oh yeah, I know fucking Gio Reyna and fucking you know and Pulisic and whatever, right? Like because they're in somewhere else, but. What I do think that these coaches have is that they do have a system, which I think that the U.S. men national team do need to figure out a system that benefits the players that they have. So I, I would say, and you might you might disagree with me, Woods, but I think the Seattle Sounders coach is really good. I knew you were going to say Brian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know that's that, that's my guy, man. They got I, to the Concacaf. You know they got they won the Champions League. They went to the yeah. Club World Cup. They got embarrassed, but they still made it. That team definitely was not the same from when they won. So there's that part of the story. Hmm. Uh, I also think that Jim Curtin from the Philadelphia Union is also a really good coach. And my curveball here would probably be the dude from Orlando City. Oscar Pareja. I really like the way his teams always play. Orlando City is always an interesting team to me, even when Nani was there. Um, but the reason that I would like probably Pareja a little bit more is because if the if the cycle is leading the U.S. to play more teams in Latin America and in Combebol, you actually probably want more knowledge on the Combebol side. And he's from Colombia. He's played in, in that league. He knows the Libertadores. He knows that region. So you kind of have more knowledge of that. Why would I bring in, you know, somebody that has no clue what Combebol is? Because the Combebol is, is a beast. But then again, I don't know. That That's kind of my thought. You know, I, I had completely forgotten about the guy from the Sounders, and you're right, dude. I, he, he, <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, this might be blasphemy uh, for Woods. Yeah, but, you, you know. know, I'm sorry, Woods, but um, you well, know, okay, we've talked it. about it before in our previous podcast, like how he just came out of nowhere. Like he was what, like a high school coach or like a college coach, and, and they, he accepted the role. And like, look what he did. You know, it doesn't always have to be somewhere from a bigger team to, to prove that you can make something happen, you know? 
Yeah. And I think he got given the opportunity. He did the best of what, what he got. So, yeah, that you know what? That that could be a good candidate, but would he take it? Who knows? He yeah. might. He might. Uh, <laughs> since you guys are hitting on the Smasher so much, I'm going to go on on this. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I I think he would be probably better as the U.S. Men's National Chief coach than a Seattle coach. I think Seattle, he's kind of wearing thin with mm-hmm. what he's had. Um, my biggest, my two biggest concerns with Smetcher was how he brings back injured players, and he tends to start them instead of giving them 20, 30 minutes to play, mm-hmm. um, which I don't like. Like, he forces Rui Diaz, forces Morris. Like, all these big games came up, and it's like, oh, you guys are – you know, on the questionable list, but we're going to see on game day if you're okay. And, and you're only 70, 80%. And we have to sub you out a half or, or, or early. But, and the other thing for, for me, for if, if, if I was a coach and I was trying to get ready for a cease for club world cup, I would probably want to play more than one preseason match with an MLS team at their softest rotation. Mm. I think if you, if you wanted us to take this world cup seriously or this club world cup seriously, play five or six matches, you know, organize them. You're the coach, set it up with the team. You got guys coming back from, you know, you didn't make the playoffs. So you got plenty of time to get injured players back. Mm. So play a couple intense games to get you ready for a team who just won 10 games straight against competition. Right. So, mm. That's my biggest beef, and I would hate to see that go into the U.S. men's national team and not be properly prepared for games that we should be. For sure. It's a valid concern. Yeah. But that's my only beef. Other than that, Brian's a good coach, even though Gio has a winning record over him now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it's blasphemy to to give him even props to you. Uh, What about about Jim Curtin from the Philadelphia Union? What do you think about that, dude? I love Jim Curtin too. I think he'd be a great national team coach. Um, I think so too. He has the he has the look <laughs> that they, that they yeah. want. I think. <laughs> and and give Philadelphia props. They've been in CCL a few times too. They got some South American uh, success and some South American experience. So I think you know Jim Curtin could can extend on that. Um, we do have most of our competitions in South America. It's not like we play Europe all the time. But when the times are important, they're in Europe. So, this guy yeah. with the look. Oh, what, uh, what, what about my boy Pineda from uh, Atlanta? Oh, you can't see it. <laughs> nah, that dude. That dude. Nah, Almada <laughs> saved him. They're struggling against the earthquakes. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pereira or Pineda? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I I like him too. I think he's got a, a lot of great experience with the South American side too. You can't, you, you know. I like foreign coaches personally, just because I like. Um, I think there's a level of intelligence people have when they can speak foreign languages mm. um, and understanding. So it's even if they grew up with it or just even learning it on their own. But um, no, like I think the biggest, you know, I, I don't want to say this either, but Caleb Porter could possibly, even though he got fired from the crew. Um, He's been in talks with them as national team in the past, so I wouldn't know if, if he would be a concern. Um, I'm going to fill out my application soon and see if they they. they. <laughs> but you know that, that's just you know that's just kind of uh, I mean our thoughts on it. I mean I I think it would benefit the league greatly. I know that like that was one of the things too, right? In the World Cup, they're like you know there's only one 
starter in the U.S. team from the MLS. But that's just where the 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 team is at. You know, that's just where the that's just you can't you can't help that. You know what I'm saying? But I think that like if they're smart, I think that they would they would choose a coach from the MLS. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the World Cup, but like. I think you add a little bit of credibility. If it's for the long game, I think you're adding credibility to the league, which is, I think, what they should be aiming for at this point. Yeah. I totally agree with you, man. I think uh, we need a coach that could bring players up from the league, you know, uh, since the green is going so much. You know, you have so much talent coming up, you know. I think you need a coach that is here, here, you know, in the, in the MLS that could bring players to the national team. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was our debate segment, and we're going to go into our Tarjeta Roja segment, uh, and then we'll close it out. Uh, tarjeta Roja of the week. What do y'all? What do y'all got? What's something that kind of irked you this week, or you know that you saw? Yeah, like, I just had something that irked me like a couple minutes ago, and he's on the lower him. left window. This guy, my, right there. Okay. This guy, my, my my red card goes to that guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy right there, man. And yeah, be ashamed of yourself. Huh? You be ashamed of yourself. All right. You gotta... That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm that's done. It. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. The week. Okay, well. That's it. I should give you two of them. Two of them. But okay, so I have two tarjetas rojas. Okay. The first one goes to Barcelona. Embarrassing themselves in the Champions League, in the Europa League, in the in every league possible. It's just a hot mess. It's a hot yeah, mess. It's unfortunate. It's, it's not looking good. Sexy mess. Going to, <laughs> to, yeah, no, it's looking pretty bad. And the second one goes to so uh, so the the television on on the on the Liga Mekis they caught um, Luca Fretti smoking a cigarette while coaching. Uh, you know the the first half of the Brazil versus Juarez game. Oh and, my god! You know it's it's not allowed to uh, to smoke. You know and on 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 premises and stadiums stuff like that. But my boy was over here smoking a, a cigarette. You know, apuntando, apuntando. You know, getting ready for the match. <laughs> oh, so he might get a couple games. You know, banned because he was smoking a cigarette. So that's my tarjeta oh, roja. Man. Yeah, you know, good old TV. They always catch you doing the good stuff on TV, so. Crazy. Uh, you got one? All right, uh, a red card? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I have. I had such a good week. Yeah, dude, I feel, dude, honestly, I'm just too blessed this week to throw out a red card. It's, well, that's good. That's good. It's been a good week, man. I'm you, glad. you should just give oh, it to the guy on the bottom. Defense, bro. Just, just give it to him. The Portland Timbers what? The defense. I mean, the defense. So, come on. Uh, That's what we're struggling uh, the most. And what, what and what do we do? We get rid of the best defender and we started to fill it up there. How many goals did we give up yesterday? Dude, I'll listen. I'll lucky. listen. We got lucky. I'll listen. <laughs> we got lucky. It, it looked pretty bad, bro. It looked pretty no, bad. It, you're all right. It did. It they did have some formational issues. Um, they did admit that in 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 the last press interview. Um, they did fall back too far, but the way that they performed when they fell back, I thought was a, a, immense. On especially Mosquera and Zach McGraw's side, um, Justin I think was kind of throwing some clearances. Like it's you want to clear the ball, but then you clear it right to a mid. 
Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and then you like forced to run back into the box again. So yes, but this is the same to... problem that we had last season, bro. Last problem. Yeah. We still don't fix the problem. <laughs> we got the right, the right talk side. To is... you talk to your boys. You got, you got contact, bro. Okay. Okay. I know Muscara is, is good. I don't need to talk to him, but, but I'll talk to my boy, Justin. I'll talk to Justin. So, so they, they play what? So. Kansas, Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. This is the guy that they're trying to say, like did a great, that, that are mad that he snubbed. The job, the coach that still That's has right. Graham Zuzi as a right back. That's right. That, Jesus, were, thank God he denied the application. That's not what we need yeah. in the man, men's national team. Oh, Jesus. you going with experience there? But oh. you know, anyways, I don't want to. I don't want to discredit the man. I mean, he's he's fifteen years into a project. His heart is in red and white. Half it's his career, half Graham Zuzi's career, right there. My my red card of the week goes to okay. And my beloved earthquakes who gave up a win in literally five minutes. It was embarrassing to say the least. They could not hold on. And then you know what? What's crazy is that you look at the way they played and they actually, I feel like the team has gotten a lot better, but the fact that you can't close out games just tells me that like y'all are good enough to get there, but y'all still don't have that like winning championship mentality it's not there and obviously it's just one game but like i don't know i just feel like it could potentially set the president of the season so it's a it's a tarjeta roja for me so i'm like how do you game, give bro. up how do you give up two goals in a span of like six minutes golazos, though, or five though, minutes golazos, though? The go- i don't care dude he was going slow motion, dude. <laughs> it, looked like it, it looked like it was going slow motion. Like, how do you not know that? Like, I mean, of course, the kid is brilliant. He's probably not going to be here next year. But like, oh, come on, dude. One guy, one guy ripped you apart. Six minutes, yeah. So. Ninety plus three, and then ninety plus nine. <laughs> Dude, wow. That's, that's so insane. wow, yeah. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's embarrassing, you know what I'm saying? But hey, the first game, bro. Come on, it's the first game, but Please. come on, man. You had they, they had it, so that's my thing. Is that the Heta Roja to me is with the World Cup stoppage time? They had it, yeah, man. Yeah, like, come on, man. There's minutes? also that part of it, too. It's like, come on, 17 minute stoppage time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, that's ridiculous, dude. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's crazy that, you know, the, no one's talking about that, that the earthquakes yeah. gave up that thing. They're talking about Atlanta, you know, in the Golazos, but no one's talking about the fact that the earthquakes had that game won and they lost it in in the span of six minutes. But anyways, Woods, brother, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate Thanks, you man. dearly. And yeah, uh, thank you, man, for coming on. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, thank you guys for having me so much. Uh, hopefully, invite me on again. I have uh, I don't have my podcast look at me right now, but I have some in the mail. So hopefully, in the next week or so, I'll be able to shoot with a little bit better quality video and better audio. So, but you guys, thank you guys so much for having me on. Just again, just a part of a blessed week that I've had, and look forward to seeing more games. Thank you, man. Keep going and keep pushing this fandom, and you know, in the U.S., it's needed for us for football to grow. So it's fans like you. You know that encourage other folks like us. So thank you, thank you. Gracias. And, then, and before you go, um, you want to let them know what your social media is or any other pages yeah. that you want to let them know. 
So I'm mostly on Instagram as uh, talk NDA Woods. Uh, that's kind of a plan words. Uh, and also on Twitter, I'll be hitting that a little bit more. Um, I do have TikTok, not so much on there. Um, and I probably do more of my trash talk on YouTube. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys all right let's get ready to close this one out and here we go